I'm ready. Let's do it. Welcome, one and all, to episode number 225 of the Mars Attacks podcast. I'm your host, Victor. And for today's episode, we have an interview with one of my patrons, Jeremy Weltman, who is joining us. Uh, As usual, as I like to tell people at the beginning of every episode, the interview segment starts at the 10-minute mark. So if you just want to jump ahead to that, that's cool. In the meantime, I have to, uh, you know, quote unquote, pay the bills, um, say hello to people and just promote what I have going on. I will say that there were some technical difficulties with the audio. For some reason, there's a lot of feedback and static and and stuff that I tried to fix Uh, when we were doing the interview kind of my mistake I heard some echoes here and there and usually I can clean that stuff out but uh, I've been at it for like the last two hours and I've got it as good as I can without really making Jeremy's voice sound like crap so um, I've done the best that I can and um I do apologize if the audio doesn't come off as great as it could, but like everything else in life, this is a learning example. Um, So this is something that uh, in the future I'll just prepare for and just work at it differently. Uh, In any event, I do want to mention that, once again, Jeremy is one of my patrons. their support and your support for everyone that's listening means a lot. But I do want to send a shout out to all of my patrons. We're up to 10 now. It is a small but solid group. It is a troll-free environment within the Patreon page. If you want to find out more about Patreon, just go to MarsAttacksRadio.com. And at the top of the page, you will find a link to... Patreon. If not, just go Patreon forward slash Mars Attacks podcast and you'll find it. Um, Anyway, so let me just send a shout out to all of my patrons. My latest patron, Metal Dan. Dan has been a longtime listener of this podcast and I do appreciate you coming on board and joining Patreon. I hope you enjoy what Patreon has to offer. So he has come aboard. We also have Jerry from Long Island, Jose in Connecticut, Chris Vaglio, the co-host of my Galaxy of Geeks podcast, the metal dentist Gabriel Ruiz, Mark Striegel from Talking Metal, Brad Dahl from Yarg Metal, Mike Jones, Jeremy Weltman, who's on today's show, and Steve Hoker. Thanks, all of you guys, for your support. Uh, I understand that. You know, times are tough. You can't always, you know, jump on board of Patreon. There are other options. Uh, There are, you know, you can do a PayPal donation on the site. There's also a, uh, you can buy me a pizza. (laughs) Buy me a coffee. It's a new platform that a lot of freelancers or web developers are using, in my case, or web designers, in my case. Um, 
And it's just a way of just receiving donations for your work or whatnot. But uh, yeah, so I have that set up on the site. Uh, I know that for some people, Patreon is a pain because they can't pledge on a monthly basis, but they can do it every once in a while. So that's why I have both of those options set up. Um, Other ways that you can support this podcast is just by liking and resharing um, the posts that I have or that I put up on social media pertaining to each one of these episodes. Tag the artists that I interview and let them know that you enjoyed hearing them on my show. So um, that does a world of good as well. And it also helps me get other people on the show. Uh, Upcoming interviews tonight, I will have Brittany Slays from uh, Unleash the Archers. Tomorrow, I have the president of Ripple Music. And originally, I was supposed to have Ken Mary, the current drummer of um, Flotsam and Jetsam, on next week, but there seems to be a change with that. So uh, hopefully, we can hook up with someone from the band shortly, but uh, I'll keep you guys posted. Um, I also want to remind you guys that you can sign up for my newsletter. The newsletter pertains to all my podcasting appearances that I do throughout the week. Uh, Mars Attack. Sometimes I include Galaxy of Geeks stuff on there and some of the stuff that I do for Mark Striegel as well. So um, if you want to keep up, and and I understand that not everyone listens to every episode. Sometimes there's a topic that piques their interest. So they'll hop in and check an episode out because of that. So newsletter is another good way of, of doing that. And it also helps on my end gauge what you guys are interested in what jumps out to you guys um what you guys are looking for me to do and obviously you can always drop me a line if you're on patreon you guys know that you can send me a message right there you could do it on twitter you could do it on facebook as well um just go to the various social media Uh, icons that are on marsattacksradio.com and just drop me a line. Let me know. Let me know what you guys think of the episodes. And obviously you can do it in the show notes as well, right up there on the Mars Attacks website. So also I wanted to bring up the fact, if you're not in the know, the Friday night live streams, the signals from Mars live stream, which is where this interview with Jeremy came from. They take place every Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. in the UK. And you can join us in the chat. And if I'm interviewing an artist and you want to send the question their way, feel free to do so within the chat. And I, nine times out of ten, I ask them whatever you guys are talking about there. Again, it's a very troll-free and friendly environment, so make sure to um, hop on in and, and ask and asks, yeah, ask your artist what you want to know. So there you go. Um, I also added a new feature, which is using Mixcloud. I've had several people tell me, hey, I'm driving home and I want to listen to the live stream. I want to listen to it live, but I can't, you know, I can't watch it, but I'm listening to it while I'm in the car. I'm trying to, you know, keep my eyes on the road. Don't do that. Mixcloud, up on Mixcloud, if you look for signals from Mars, you can actually 
listen to the show live as it's on the air. So you don't have to risk your life to listen to the episode. I appreciate anyone that wants to spend their time with me driving home from work live on a, on a, on a Friday, wanting to take the time to listen to what we have going on the show. But man, don't kill yourselves. Don't kill yourselves on the way home. That's, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's some rough stuff going on there. But uh, yeah, take care of yourselves. So there you go. Mixcloud is available if you want to just listen to the audio while it's live. Um, these podcasts I'm trying to put out every Friday is the same days as the actual live stream to try to give people, you know, a heads up or reminder. Hey, the live stream is tonight. The only kind of funky thing that happens is that with Facebook and all of the stuff that they have going on, I can't see profile pictures and I can't see people's names unless they go to a specific link um, and give the okay to do so. If not, it just says Facebook user. So a lot of times I'll say, hey, you know, go to the link or, you know, let me know who you are. <laughs> and I'll ask your question then or, you know, or I'll send you a shout out then. Um, but I don't, it's just kind of weird, just their stuff. So, but whatever. Anyway, thank you guys for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoy it. It was a fun chat for me with Jeremy to talk about, you know, how he got in touch with hard rock and metal growing up in the UK. And I hope you guys find it enjoyable. Uh, Jeremy's always fun to talk to, and he will definitely be back in the future. We will plan ahead to make sure that the audio is better than what it was this time around. But I thank you for listening, subscribing, and just taking the time to check out this show. Thanks. And we'll see you next time right here on the Mars Attacks podcast. Enjoy. Welcome, everyone, to the Friday June 18th edition of the Signals from Mars live stream brought to you by the Mars Attacks podcast and by my web design company, vmrit.com. Check that out if you're looking for any web design needs. Um, we were supposed to have Rob Rowe on tonight. Unfortunately, he had a death in the family. Rob, I hope you and your family are doing well. And uh, coming in off the bench, um, all the way up in the UK, all the way up from me in the UK, anyways, north of me, uh, Mr. Jeremy Weltman, how are you, sir? Yeah, hi, Victor. I'm, I'm really good. Thanks. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I always identify you with Manchester because obviously you like Manchester City. Yeah. Um, but how far are you actually from Manchester? Okay. Uh, well, I'm actually in a place called North in Cheshire. Uh, okay. And I'm about 20, 20 odd miles away from Manchester and about okay. the same distance from Liverpool. So I'm sort of, uh, you know, equidistant. We're, not, we're actually not far from Stoke as well. So we're very central okay. between the three places. <laughs> oh, cool. Um, so that means that uh, if anyone brought up the Mersey sound to you, you would be very familiar with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Liverpool, Liverpool music, uh, you know, had a big influence over here. Um, Manchester music is a big influence. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, very much so. 
Stoke has its influence as well because you have uh, Slash is originally from there. Absolutely. And uh, Lemmy as well. Um, That's Lemmy's right. Got a yeah. sort of a, a Stoke connection. Uh, and I think he also went and moved out to, to North Wales, which isn't far away. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, there's, um, there's quite a lot of music around where I live, but not so much, um, in, you know, in Cheshire itself. It's, okay. Uh, it's more, more rural and, and quieter, really. Cool. So, I mean, at least you're at a distance where if you want to see shows, I mean, 20 miles isn't that bad. Yeah, exactly. Um, most of the time uh, now I would sort of, you know, I could jump on the train to go and watch a gig. Uh, I would drive to go and watch a gig. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's lots of places around. I mean, I could go, I go to Chester, I go to Liverpool, I go to Manchester. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't don't have to go as far as Birmingham. Um, I have been to the odd kick in Birmingham and the odd gig in London, but um, right. yeah, most most of them are yeah in the in those places. London is roughly how far for you? So London is about two hundred two hundred twenty miles away. Uh, okay. You get on a train from Crewe and it takes about two hours. Okay, not too bad. Yeah, yeah, you can do it. I mean, uh, you know, it's it's not. Not bad. You would stay overnight if you want to go and watch a, a concert down there. Uh, been to Hyde Park and watched Aerosmith down there, so that was good. <laughs> cool. Um, I want to say hello to uh, Johan up in Sweden, who was actually chatting uh, with me during the England Scotland game um, via Facebook, and Rob, who uh, has joined uh, the chat as well. Um, yeah, we'll have Rob on at some other point in time. But uh, anyway, um, what's your first? Well, let me start out with this. When we talked about Maiden when you were on a few weeks ago, mm. one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on is because of my situation where I grew up in the U.S. to Spanish parents and spending summers in Spain. I knew that the cultures were different musically and how you got introduced to bands and what bands were big also varied because I remember, you know, I remember every year when I would come, especially in my teenage years, there would be friends that would say, Oh, what band is big in America? Because I want to know who they are before they break here. And I remember one year I came uh, with the first poison album and I had this friend and he says, so they'll never, they'll never be big here. Next summer I come, he had a jean jacket with a poison logo on the back, you know, similar to the one we were showing off on, uh, on Twitter. Um, the next year it was guns and roses right after shortly after, um, appetite for destruction came out before they even were big in the States. Um, Eddie trunk in the States was playing them. And I had a friend that had already purchased, the cassette based on seeing Welcome to the Jungle, I don't know how many months before the Sweet Child of Mine video and song blew up. So that next summer, I came with Guns N' Roses, and he says to me, "They're never that band is never going to be big. Sure as shit, next year that poison patch was gone, and it was the big Guns N' Roses logo with the two pistols and the, uh, and the roses around there. So... Um, it was cool to hear your interpretation of how the rise of Maiden happened on your end, as opposed to what it was like for us. Yeah. Um, 
what was it like for you to get into music? Like what was that first band that kind of hooked you and made you a fan? If you're talking about music generally, I was mm-hmm. into a lot of stuff before metal. So I, you know, okay. started off with disco and, and punk, uh, that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. But I think we'll move on a little bit and just talk about the metal because this okay. was a real thing in my life when I was 13 years old, I think it would be, yeah. Um, and you talk about 1980 and, and suddenly all these bands came out. And for right. me, it was Saxon. Okay. Uh, Saxon's Wheels of Steel. And in fact, I thought you were going to ask me this. So I actually have the original single <laughs> that I bought in 1980. And wow. That is oh, wow. the single that I bought, Wheels of Steel. And even to this day, I still love this single. Um, I, cool. love it. I love it more than any other any other record that I've ever bought. Um, mm-hmm. So Saxon were really big for, for British, you know, British rockers, people right. getting into metal. Um, it was just something about the riff. Uh, you know, the, you, you heard a guitar riff. Uh, you heard that Wheels of Steel um, chorus. Uh, and it was, just, it was just fantastic. And I just thought, right. this, this is the music for me. Um, it, it, there was a switch that suddenly clicked in my head. I'd, I'd, I'd heard a bit of rock before, you know, I'd heard Led right. Zeppelin, I'd heard the Rolling Stones, I'd heard, you know, all this sort of famous bands, mm-hmm. um, mainly borrowed albums from uh, my auntie or, or from, uh, you know, friends or whatever. But this was a new band that suddenly came from nowhere. I mean, obviously they'd released um, their first album before Wheels of Steel. But it didn't right. really sell very well. It wasn't very popular. They hadn't really um, got the, the the music together. They hadn't, you know, formulated what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but Wheels of Steel, it, they just got it right. Um, and so this really hit me on the head uh, and said, "This is this is what you're going to like from from now on." <laughs> <laughs> Um, and there were there were other things out at the same time. I mean, you know, Judas Priest were out at the same sure. time. I, I Maiden, uh, obviously ACDC were were really big. Uh, Black Sabbath, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all the all the big names that you can think of. I was into Deep Purple, um, Rainbow, <laughs> White Snake, <laughs> uh, but but I think Saxon were the, were the were the band, and I've always followed them. You know, I've always. Uh, mm-hmm kept them going uh, and even now they're still going they're still producing good music right yeah and and they um we have the so it's not a solo album because biff already did a solo album but that heavy water album that he's doing with his son yeah uh, what we've heard from it so far sounds pretty cool um and that's coming out i think in the next few weeks if i'm not mistaken i don't the, the release schedule in front of me but I, I've started to get the promos in. I got the promo earlier this week, so that means that it's, I mean, a week or two uh, away from coming out more than likely. But, I mean, that first single had that big, heavy riff, and, and with Biff's voice, voice over top of it was really cool. Yeah, yeah. I think he's really enjoying it. And it, obviously it was something he wanted to do during lockdown, um, you know, right. spending, spending time with his son. His son's obviously... Um, uh changing what what he's doing and and you know that it's it sounds good yeah yeah i'll be interested to hear the rest of it yeah absolutely um saxon i mean for me is a band that i got into because of coming to spain i mean i knew who they were i'd always heard the name and i remember that um i want to say hello to gabriel 
uh, a cousin of Gabriel's uh, lent me a tape, a cassette, and it had um, Saxon's Crusader on it. It had Judas Priest Free Wheel Burning. It had The Prisoner by Iron Maiden. Uh, I think it had Carry On by Manowar. And um, I don't remember much more of that cassette, but it was my first introduction to anything by Saxon. And since then, I mean, they're the band that I've accidentally seen the most <laughs> in right. concert where, you know, I've gone to see Judas Priest. Well, and it was Saxon and Motorhead opening up. I went to uh, a festival fairly close to me. Uh, they were closing the whole festival down. Uh, I went to another festival in Madrid. Saxon was there as well. So. They've always, I think, for the most part, maintained their popularity throughout Europe. Whereas in the States, of course, Denim and Leather and Dallas uh, 3PM and stuff like that has always been huge. Crusaders, another one. You know, all their big hits mm. were big hits in the States amongst metal fans. Um, and I think they really had a resurgence in the, what, mid to late 90s when they put out stuff like Killing Ground and stuff like that, where the band kind of... Um, uh, updated their sound, would you say, or kind of made it more modern to fit in with what other bands were doing? And also, there was the whole split yeah. with, with the camps, and and Biff kind of went with it with a heavier approach. He, it was obviously still his vocals and still very much seated in what he had done, but at the same time, you know, he was he was modernizing the sound to kind of make sure that the band got to newer ears so i think that was smart by him yeah absolutely and just before that they actually went on tv here i don't know if you uh, ever saw it with the famous promoter whose okay. uh, name has just uh, eluded me but it, it'll come back to me in a minute um and they he was trying to change them um and okay. was resisting it and it was quite it was very interesting how they were doing it um, but since then, what, what happened was Saxon went very downhill for a while, as you know. Right. Um, they, you know, they're playing smaller and smaller audiences, and, and yeah, they, they'd lost their way a little bit, I think. Uh, and um, they went through this sort of TV um, change, um, but they came out the other side and decided, I think, that they were going to do what they wanted, but not what mm -hmm. the promoter wanted to do. Um, and that was quite interesting. And like you say, I think they changed their sound. They became, um, well, they became a little bit more metally, I think, rather right. than uh, just sort of straight up rock. Um, mm -hmm. and, it, and it worked. Um, but they've always plugged away. You know, they've always played the, uh, the European festival circuit. Right. They've always had that sort of fan base that always liked them. Um, and I think that then they soared on the wave of popularity for metal, which has suddenly taken off again you know in recent mm -hmm. years um because people realize that you know they can still make great music mm -hmm. and yeah. i think the last you know the last couple of albums i know some people think you know they're that they're, they're not great but i i really like them uh, i think you know the last last couple of albums have been really good yeah i think each each one of their albums have over the last few have all had some pretty good tracks on them to as as I like to say when when I write up the uh, new releases post, I always say, well, if I can take five or six songs and throw them into my Saxon playlist, for example, mm. that means that that's a good album for me. You know, yeah. it means yeah. that it's you know as opposed to some bands where you know they come out and they've got just 
the one song and everything is like a variation of that one song after. So, yeah, on, on the on the very latest album, The Secret Flight, I absolutely love that song. I mean, I just think it's brilliant. Right. Um, it, you know, it's just just hits me. And I think, oh, yeah, great. Do do more of that, please, because it's, it's super. <laughs> Yeah, I think, and, and and we've talked about, for example, on the Patreon page about a band like Magnum, for example. Magnum is another band that I didn't know about till I came to Europe, um, till I started vacationing here as a teen, because I never knew who they were there. And I remember seeing, you know, pictures in the magazines of this band that had this guy with this big, long, ZZ top-like beard. I'm like, no one in metal has a beard like that. You know, lo and behold, how many years later, you know, how many people have those kind of beards now? So he was out of the curve. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Magnum are one of my favorite bands. Uh, they just, uh, again, I got into them very early. I think it was the uh, Changes. Um, they did a, a Changes single. Okay. Uh, which was, I mean, this we're talking right back in the sort of Kingdom of Madness, Magnum 2 days. And I think there was a live album. Marauder, Marauder, they brought out. Okay. Uh, and a friend of mine lent me the single changes, and I, I thought, yeah, I quite like this. I like the singer, I like this singer, Bob Cat. He's, he's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they brought out uh, another few albums after that, and they became very famous actually for a while. They, you know, mm-hmm. they were playing uh, Hammersmith Odeon, they sold out three nights on the train. Right. Uh, so we're talking now, forwarding to sort of 1988, that sort of time, 86, 88. Wings mm-hmm. of Heaven, the album came out, um, and yeah, they were doing really well. But I've always followed them, and they're still playing even today. And in the early seventies, um, Bob's voice is a little bit uh, croakier now, but uh, I <laughs> right. still think he's—I I think he's one of the you know one of the great singers that people have overlooked. You know, um, and of course they're from Birmingham, from uh, one of the heartlands of uh, rock and roll, as you know, with Diamond yep. Head. Black Sabbath and Priest, it's, um, you know, a lot of bands that come from that area. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another band that, again, was always big here, but they're more of a rock band. How big is Status Quo? Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, huge. <laughs> huge. But funnily enough, there, there are people who don't like rock or metal, mm-hmm. uh, but like Status Quo. And the reason <laughs> is you can go to any party They'll put right. on status quo and everyone will hit the dance floor. They'll right. all do that, um, you know, the status quo, the, you know, the moving of the arms and the, and the legs. And uh, I reckon my parents know status quo. I mean, that's how <laughs> ubiquitous they are. You know, they're, they're well known, um, you know, rocking all over the world, Caroline. Right. And they're, they're famous songs. And um, yeah, uh, they're, they're a British institution, really. <laughs> yeah, but of course now that um, you know they, they've they've lost their way now. I mean, it's a shame, really, because you know the original members have either died or obviously uh, left, and uh, it's a different thing. But yeah, in, in the day they were they were huge, and they were on a, they were on a program called Top of the Pops here, which was uh, on mm-hmm. a Thursday night, uh, and that was the place to be if you wanted to sort of air what you were doing um, in, right. in the public domain. Everybody watched Top of the Pops. I mean, when I say everybody, we're talking 40, million, 40, 50 million people would watch that on a Thursday night. I mean, it right. was huge. We only had three channels at the time. Right. Know, at one point. <laughs> um, 
And so, uh, yeah, it was, it was really popular and, and status quo were a big act on that. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, when, uh, when we would come over to Spain as kids, we had two channels and it was funny because I remember what a uh, shock it was that 11 o'clock rolled around. All of a sudden you heard the national anthem, the flag went up and then it was just the flag in silence until about 1am. And then after 1am, you got the uh, five stripes, the, uh, I forget the actual name of it. Um, but it's like the, uh, the standby like graphic that they use for everything. So it was that until 8am the next morning, it That's was right. such, such a culture shock. It's like, wait a second. We could get up and watch TV if we couldn't sleep in the States. And now we're here. We're stuck. What are we supposed to do all night? So thankfully, <laughs> you grow up a music fan. You could throw on, you know, some music and fall asleep to that. But um, well, that yeah, was- we, we had a similar thing. We had the, the test card. Uh, yeah, it would just uh, be a, a horrible piercing sound that would uh, go through the right. night. And you see this, this girl there who's probably now 92. Uh, <laughs> and she, she was there. I think she was holding a teddy bear. And there'd be sort of like mono, monochrome things all around her, um, and that you'd, you'd just be watching that all night if you were if you were on the sofa. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. See, so people people that grew up in our age group in the states, you guys don't realize how lucky you were. <laughs> you didn't have to put up with that. And and this was all pre VHS, pre, pre uh, being able to throw a DVD on or anything like that. It was taken or yeah. leave. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, I'm I'm trying to think what other bands. Well, we were um, uh, we were talking before on Facebook, um, uh, Johan and myself about the new Halloween album, and mm-hmm. that's another band. And actually, I'm glad that my uh, my cousin Gabriel is on here because the two of us were massive Halloween fans to the point where I remember going to an amusement park with him and he was wearing a Halloween shirt. And one of the um, uh, ride attendants said to us, Oh my God, you know who Halloween is? And it was like one of these things where, you know, after the, the two keepers albums came out, they didn't have distribution in the States and, you know, the music landscape had shifted. So, if you were a diehard, sure, you could get, you know, an import or whatever. But the guy was amazed that we knew who that band was. You know, there were so many bands in Europe that unfortunately didn't um, make it over. And I guess to an extent, there may have been bands from the U.S. that were big that didn't make their way over to Europe. But it's kind of different because I think you had a lot of bands that were still featured in magazines, you know. Because if if you look at someone like Rush, who we've talked about plenty of times, um, or you look at even a Van Halen, both bands had zero presence in Europe for the longest time. I mean, if you think about it, Rush played some shows before the end of the band, but it was, I think it was like 20 years since they had played anywhere in Europe. Mm Van Halen was was similar. I mean, there was the constant rumor that with David Lee Roth being back that they were going to play some festivals, but it never materialized. So even though those were known entities and there were other bands similar, maybe not as big or not as, you know, household name for us music fans, um, I'm sure that there were other bands um, that didn't traverse from the U.S. um, 
over. You you mentioned Aerosmith before. Mm. Um, what's the first American band that kind of caught your eye? Well, it's it's interesting because um, you know we got into I got into all the British stuff very early early eighties, and then mm-hmm. um, as the eighties sort of wore on, all the hair metal was over in the UK, and the, we were flooded with American bands. And I, I liked a lot of that stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think the very first. I think Van Halen were probably one of the first. I mean, I remember the, when the first album came out. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine had the album and played it to me, and it just blew my mind. It was um, incredible. Um, right. And I remember buying Diver Down, um, which, uh, you know, a lot of people complain about because it's a bit of a hot, hot <laughs> album, as we know. But, you know, I, I really enjoyed that. And Dave Lee Roth had a presence over in the UK. We used to watch um, the odd program where you'd see him. Um, right. And he was such a character, you know, and, you know, we'd, <laughs> we'd wonder what, what was going on. And it, it, he was um, he was amazing. Um, and, and we knew about Kiss, you know, Kiss were big. Uh, you'd see Kiss shirts in the shops in in the UK, so you know American music was very very popular in the UK. Um, I'd say that a lot of people used to like American rock music more than British rock music um, okay. at the time. Uh, Aerosmith were huge. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I'm trying to think of some of the other. I mean, we had all the, all of them: Poison, Motley Crue. Um, you know they were all they were all really big, and of course MTV was the big thing. We had MTV. Um, right. Everybody was watching that. Cable TV suddenly came in with MTV, and then that was it. You know, um, right. All those bands became famous. <clears throat> yeah, and and your MTV because I up until uh, there were uh, geo blocking became a, a thing with satellite. I mean, I was getting MTV and. Um, Scuzz was maybe another channel that we would yeah. get that was yeah. all hard rock and metal and punk and stuff like that. Um, VH1, obviously. And this was, I think, like four or five years ago. Whereas in the States, they stopped playing music videos. In Europe, they were still playing music videos. And now, for example, I have a variation of MTV that's from Spain, but it's all like... um Geordie Shore and, you know, that mm. kind of uh, reality TV. But we have an application where you can pick like four videos and then it creates a playlist based on that. But it's kind of dumb because you'll pick, you know, Slipknot and you'll pick uh, Metallica and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden they'll throw in, you know, Bad Bunny or stuff like that. And it's like, well, that doesn't kind of fit into what I was picking. So, you know, that kind of... <laughs> doesn't make sense um my story regarding diver down is the following as a kid whenever we would go someplace on vacation or go visit someplace i'd always check out the the music stores and i'd want to bring something back to say ah i bought this in such and such a city or if it wasn't a cassette or a cd it was a t-shirt something along those lines um we visited a country that a lot of people in the States probably don't even know exists. It's between Spain and France called Andorra. And I had to get, I had to get a cassette. It was the only thing I could afford out of the money that I had at the time. And Diver Down was what I picked up. So, um, and I've, um, I've, I've always had fond memories of that. I will actually say 
that is the first song that my or the first song off of that uh the cover of the kinks where have all the good times gone is the first song that uh my wife and i when we were dating actually connected over so there's extra sentimental value to that Mm. album (laughs) and i know as you said a lot of people have issues with it but i've always enjoyed it yeah yeah same here I like I like it when you've got albums that are a little bit mixed sometimes, and they, you know they mix up the songs. But I think the, the cover songs on it were good. You know, right. So I think it stands the test of time. It's good, good album. Yeah, I I would have to agree with you. Um, you've gone to a lot of festivals over the years. Mm. You've um, you've gone to a lot by yourself, and you've also ad- admitted that you've gone to quite a few with your daughters as well. Mm. So um, <laughs> I mean, is is when you go to the shows with your daughters, is it to kind of take advantage and see bands as well? Or is it to kind of, you know, chaperone the situation to make sure that everything is fine? I've been at the right age with my, my daughter. So um, it's mainly my eldest daughter. She uh, she used to like metal quite a bit. And okay. We went, we went to High Vault. We used to go to this uh, festival called High Voltage in London. Okay, um, and it was a it was a decent one. It was in um, Victoria Park, um, which is uh, I think it's east, yeah, it's sort of East London. Okay, um, and they had on a really really good bill every time that we went sort of three years running. Uh, Judas Peace would be headlining one year. Um, it was uh, Schenker was on. Um, okay, you know Foreigner were on. They had all the big bands on, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, she was getting into some of this stuff you know and and it was great really uh going with her uh and just enjoying the music together which um you know is a great thing i mean we've been to see i maiden together as well indoors but um mm-hmm. uh, at the festivals it's uh it's a great it's great great family thing i think at festivals you can you can take your kids there and and you know, have a have a good day out um but i have been as you say uh mostly on my own and most to uh uh, either Bloodstock or, or um, Download is the main one, um, right? But also Rambling Man Fair, which is in Maidstone in Kent, uh, in the east of England. And again, that was the sort of follow-on from um, the one I was telling you about in London, mm-hmm. um, which sort of folded and then they, they reopened in, in Maidstone. But obviously, Download is the, is the big one, um, and uh, you know, there's a there's a seen lo- lots of great bands there. <laughs> um and and i'd still go you know i'd still want to go and i always thought that you know the as you get older people wouldn't want to you wouldn't want to go to a festival it's for young people but it's not it's for everyone <laughs> for everyone that's, yeah. yeah that's the great thing you know there's all age groups there and fantastic problem at the download is there's always a bit of rain um, right it, it never it never uh shines the sun never shines for the whole weekend you do get a bit. Of, you usually get a bit of sun, but as you probably see it on the TV sometimes. I mean, I made had a show there, and I think half the crowd had left uh, halfway through because it was so muddy and so wet. It, right. You know, you're not. You you can't even enjoy it. It's so mm-hmm. bad. Um, but when the sun shines there and there's a good band on, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, as a kid, it was always the whole Castle Donington thing was such a big deal, and. You know, I remember reading about it in magazines and then you'd see the Monsters of Rock tour mm-hmm. where the headliner would then continue out. I mean, I remember um, it was a year that Metallica had headlined, I believe. And then 
so this was probably around the Black Album. And then the tour throughout Europe was Metallica, Dio, I think it was Queensryche and Warrior Soul or something like that. And I was like, this is amazing. Where can we go? And of course, nowhere near Spain. They weren't coming uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> anywhere near where we were. Either that or by the time we got here on vacation, they had already come through. So um, it, ne- it never worked out till, uh, till as a kid that we could see any of that stuff. But yeah. you're right. You, you go to these shows and you see people of all ages. Um, it's, it's really um, amazing how that happens. Um, because I think they're smart enough to, to mix things up so that, you know, you, you want to bring in as many people as, as possible. And then people get turned on to different bands as a result. Um, we've had discussions in Patreon several times about the band Royal Blood. And you mentioned that you stumbled upon them by seeing them live at, what was it? Leeds or, uh, Reading? Yep. It was Leeds, yeah, yeah, which is the partner festival of, of Reading, yeah, right. Um, and and that was a that was a really good festival. Uh, I'd recommend that if anybody comes over to the UK or or is in the UK, really good festival, very well run, easy to get round. Um, as, uh, you know, Metallica was were headlining, um, but they were the best band on. Raw Blood were amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, just two guys, you know, and and just the sound was superb. Um, yeah, really blew my mind, and I'd never heard them really properly before. Then um, they were great, but also in, in a tent that day were Ghost. Uh, just in a tent, uh, I wandered in. Uh, there must have been you know, maybe a, a few hundred people in a, in a large tent, uh, and they were they were incredible as well. <laughs> right. So wow. it was a, yeah, it was a good day, and I I got dragged along. I mean, my daughter wanted to go really, and she said, "Should we go to this festival?" And I said. This was the week before, and I said, "Yeah, okay, the weather looks good. Let's go. You know, let's get tickets. I'll drive." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, turned out to be one of the greats. Cool. Yeah, they just announced that Metallica is playing here next year in Madrid, and it's for a new four-day festival. And I looked at the bill, and you would think that if you have a bunch of metal bands, wouldn't it make more sense to put them together? as opposed to spread them out over four days because you have Metallica playing one day, you have um, Faith No More a different day, you have Deftones a different day, you have, uh, I think Metallica's playing with Placebo, and I forgot who the other band was. It may be Royal Blood as well. Royal Blood is sprinkled in there somewhere. Mm. But I, I I was looking at the bill, and I'm like, this is madness because... A lot of these bands don't go together. I mean, it's one thing where I've been to a festival where you have Hatebreed, for example, or Suicidal Tendencies, and you have Journey on the same bill. So at least, you know, when Journey was on this bill, they were smart enough to play more of their, you know, rock songs. They didn't play any ballads. They kind of knew the challenge that they had in front of them. So they went out there just to kick ass. And I was impressed. I thought I thought it was a really good show. And um, when you're mixing in with like some of these pop bands, it doesn't make sense, especially if you're going to have Metallica come on at like 12 at night, you're going to be sitting through, you know, 12 hours of stuff that doesn't interest you. Then they wonder why people just show up the last two hours of 
of, of that day. I mean, it doesn't yeah. make much sense. Yeah, I'm wondering whether the organizers sometimes, because they have different stages, uh, they want you to move around a bit. So they sometimes, you know, they, they know that they'll put on something on the bill and then uh, the next act is not in, you know, it's, it's nowhere near the same genre. So you'll move right. off. You'll, you'll go, you'll walk around the festival and do something else. And so maybe they want, you know, that churn going on rather than everybody just parking in front of the one the one stage, maybe. Right. That's, that's maybe part of it. It um, could be. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, um, it's, it's quite an art, isn't it, putting together a, a bill, which uh, everybody right. wants to see. Yeah, the the last festival that I saw in, in Madrid, I actually had a, a little bit of a, a row with the organizers. Um, they 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 wouldn't allow me to have press passes uh, because they said I wasn't from a national um, outlet. So um, so I you know I wasn't given any access to that. But aside from that, their propaganda was. I questioned them big time because initially they said, oh, well, you know, where we're moving the um, the festival to will fit 11,000 people and it will be this and it will be that. And uh, when it was all said and done, they were saying, oh, there was 55,000 people to see Metallica. It's like, Wait a second. Didn't this only hold 11,000? How did you fit 55,000 people in there? You know, there was like a lot of they inflated a lot of stuff and they were known for that. And, mm. you know, outside of one festival that this company runs, like every other festival that they've done has folded. Um, there's one big festival here, one big metal festival. Um, and actually, no, there's a few, I should say. There's like three or four. They're all independent, though. They're all they were all put together by fans and they've grown little by little. Um, which is, in my opinion, what you need. If if you look at, you know, sure, download previously Monsters of Rock, um, it didn't happen overnight. It grew, yeah. you know, little by little. And what they they were trying to do with these, like, pop-up festivals, um, like the last one that I saw was Sonosphere. It's like, wait a second, but the Sonosphere name comes from England. They bought the, you know, the rights to the name, and they... You know, there was this whole rigmarole with it, and um, it was just crazy. It did, you know, you were there, and and it was okay. They just threw this together to make as much money as possible without thinking. Okay, our long term goal is to run this festival like a Leeds or, or or like something like that or like a Reading that's been around for decades. Mm. Mm. You know, it's 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 part of it's part of the problem that they have here. It's it's. I think a lot of the organizers are just looking at the cash grab. Even um, Ticketmaster, Ticketmaster Live Nation tried to do a festival two years ago, and I I don't remember what name they used, but it was a name that was big throughout Europe or the states. It was it was already an established name, and it's as if oh you know just because we're using this name, it's going to attract people. Mm. But they had a bill. Um, where they had bands that were already playing at a bunch of other festivals. So it kind of, you know, if you've already seen the band at three other festivals, what's going to make you pay a lot of money to see them be the, you know, the, the closing act at a festival? It, it doesn't make sense to me. So, Yeah, the other thing is uh, I think we, we're getting flooded with festivals now. I mean, uh, you, right. you know, there's a lot of 
huge amount of festivals in the UK, very loads and loads of smaller festivals. And they do have some of the, um, you know, sort of the big, uh, medium to the large acts on. Um, right. And you're wondering how they make it pay, really. I mean, some of these festivals, you know, they're looking at maybe 5,000 fans, 10,000 fans at most, you know, going right. to them. Um, I wonder how they make it pay, really. Um, I think we're just, we, we've got too many going on. Um, but I suppose the best will always win out. And, um, you know, you, you're always going to have a download. You're always going to have, um, you know, you're always going to have um, a Reading and a Leeds. Uh, mm. And so those ones will, will always be there with, with the big names. Yeah. Mm. That's, and that's without even considering what's the, um, the biggest is Glastonbury. But even, yeah. Yeah. even, even that, what I don't get, which is what Vaken did years ago. Vaken decided, okay, this is our limit. We're not taking any more than I think they're said it. It's fifty or eighty thousand people can can go, and they realized that they could have, you know, just let the doors open and let as many people as they want come in, like they do with Glastonbury. Mm. But Glastonbury, every what four years, they shut it down for a year just to do maintenance, just yeah. to clean, just to upgrade things. And what Vakken does is keep things smaller so that every year they can ensure that, you know, unless it rains, similar to what you're saying with download, um, they can improve the facilities. They can, you know, do things like have uh, uh, beer stands in the middle of the field where they have, an, you know, they have this amazing um, beer tap system, which runs beneath the field in Vakken. <laughs> to ensure that everyone has uh has beer there so um mm. you know there's the, the the infrastructure again put together by three friends who are just music fans and it just grew little by little and ultimately it's you know well ultimately you can argue that it's the biggest metal festival in europe so um yeah yeah that's my Certainly, one of my favorite albums is uh, "Heaven and Hell" live at Wacken. Yeah, you've you've bought that. You've brought that up several times. Yeah, what a what a great album. <laughs> um, they just announced. Uh, I guess it was yesterday, Hellfest twenty twenty two. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's I, I'm still I'm still blown over by that. I mean, it's um it's incredible. I mean, just to see all those bands. Um, 350 bands over seven two, days two weekends. Yeah. yeah it is two weekends yeah but i mean realistically if you want to make that a vacation what do you do you start your vacation at the first weekend see france for for a few days in between and then come back for the following weekend yeah but in in the middle of it you have to go to the ear doctor because your ears are blown <laughs> And it's, I think um, the only band that repeats, I was looking at the list, I think is Killing Joke is the only one that plays both weekends. Right, so it's right. it's amazing. So, I mean, they're making up for two years of not having a festival. <laughs> yeah, know, that's, that's it. That's obvious. it. Yeah. Because they usually have like around 80 bands. It's usually, four, it's usually four days and it's usually around 80 bands what they have. Yeah. Um, so I, I've not looked yet. See how much it is to go, and if you went for for the whole you know, the whole lot, and I, I wasn't sure whether you can actually go to the whole lot or whether 
a few of the days are reserved for people who maybe have got tickets previously and, and right. weren't able to go. So um, I was trying to find out, and then I clicked through, and I think there was a blank page, and I couldn't find out any more about it. I mean, I was kind of interested in going, but then I thought, <laughs> well, it's going to be very expensive to go there, and France is not cheap anyway once you get right. there. Um, but but the the bands that they're on is is just incredible. Yes, I mean Guns and Roses are not cheap. I mean, but they Metallica, take, Metallica are not cheap. I mean, they're going to take you know huge amounts of cash out of that. Out yeah. of that. Um, how many do you think? How many people do you think will go to that? Um, it's going to be full, isn't it? For yeah, every, every day they, they always sell out. the The last Hellfest, so it's two years off. 2019, when they closed the festival, before they closed the festival, they had, similar to what happens with Download and Vakken, they sell out in the next year. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, they're, they're established festivals that have that brand where you, you're already expecting a certain quality uh, with what they're going to present. So, yeah. you, can, you can take that gamble. You know, you can take that risk. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's not where one year you've got Metallica and Guns N' Roses, and then the next year you're gonna have, you know, Faster Pussycat or LA Guns headlining. No no offense to those bands or their mm. fans, but obviously they're at a different level mm. than than a, a Guns N' Roses and a Metallica. Um, but yeah, this is the festival to end all festivals. I mean, I just wonder <laughs> I wonder how they're ever going to come back from this the following year and <laughs> put yeah. on a festival that's as good. <laughs> and and you could be right. It could be that these bands were contracted to maybe it was, and I haven't looked at it. Maybe you know one weekend was twenty, you know twenty, and the other one was twenty twenty one. Yeah, and they're yeah. just grouping both together um, because I'm sure what what'll end up happening because if bands don't play a, a a date, they have to pay. They have to give money back, especially if they've received an advance. Mm. So I'm assuming that a lot of these bands probably already got paid for, for a previous year. So they have, you know, bands are going to be making up all, all these dates that they've missed anyway. Yeah. And these festival dates are routed based on, you know, where, where they're going to play in between. They, they usually lock down the festivals and then they kind of connect the dots in between. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that obviously you're going to get a lot of those headlines well, they're going to be playing in the UK. They're going to be playing right. other festivals because they, they all do the same sort of festival circuit right. through, the, through the summer, don't they? So, I mean, you're looking at, um, I mean, I, I can't remember all of the headlines there, but obviously we know Metallica, Guns N' Roses. Um, I saw Whitesnake was sort of on the bill. Um, you know, all, all the big names are on there, really. Alice yes. Cooper was on there as well, I think. Um, uh, <laughs> you know, they, they just had everything. <laughs> just, um, just... The the two biggest names are okay. The the biggest names, and they're the ones that have their logos. So the the first Friday, Friday the seventeenth, um, it is. Well, I don't understand French. It says something about October twenty nineteen, but anyway, um, so it that Friday. Uh, Def Deftones, Dropkick Murphys, Volbeat, Five Finger Death Punch, Suicidal Tendencies, Electric Wizard, Obituary, and Mayhem. Those are the headliners of every stage. Mm. 
Yeah. Saturday's Faith No More Megadeth, Deep Purple Airborne, Social Distortion, Envy, who I've never heard of, Sepultura, and Vreed. And that that stage with Sepultura is ridiculous. It's Sepultura, Sacred Reich, Flotsam and Jetsam, Exciter, mm. Eccentrics. You know, it's 80s thrash galore. I mean, that is that is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that Sunday, it is um, Avenged Sevenfold, Corn, Judas Priest, Running Wild, Walls of Jericho, Killing Joke, Devin Townsend by request, and uh, Watton, I guess is how you pronounce that, uh, black metal band that got kicked out of the U.S. Um, let's see. And then the following, well, the following Thursday, Scorpions, White Snake, UFO, Thunder, Philip Campbell, and the Bastard Sons. That's just one stage. So that's the the classic rock stage. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And and then you have on um, <laughs> another stage. Main stage number two is uh, Wardruna, Halloween, and Danko Jones. Um, then Rise Against, Hangman's Chair, Therion, someone who uh, uh, you. Uh, Gave a good old thumbs down to you this week. Um, <laughs> and um, I don't even know how to pronounce the name of this other band. It's a, it's a black metal logo. Um, yeah, you can't read some of those, can you? They're always uh, a little bit sort of scratchy and you, can't, you can never read the band name. <laughs> yeah. And then um, on that Friday is uh, Industrial Metal Fans Delight because you have Nine Inch Nails and Ministry. I don't know if they've ever played together. Mm. Um, the next stage is uh, actually Megadeth is playing two days. So Alice Cooper and Megadeth, uh, Bad Religion, who is playing Spain. That's I, I posted about that. Um, last week, uh, let's see a t- uh, Atari Teenage Riot, who I didn't even know was still was still together, decapitated mm. and enslaved. <clears throat> Uh, actually, Airborne is another one that's playing two days. So Guns N' Roses, Airborne, and then Nightwish, Epica. Woof, yeah, Nightwish, Epica, Blind Guardian, uh, Elephantia, uh, Symphony X. I mean, this is symphonic metal heaven for, for yeah. a lot of people yeah. at that stage. <laughs> um, then let's see. Wow, the Exploited and Discharge. <laughs> um, Convergence. Blood Moon, don't know who that is. Catatonia and In Extremo. <clears throat> then to close out on Sunday, Metallica and Black Label Society. Mm. Um, on another stage, Sabaton and Bring Me the Horizon, Hate Breed, Monster Magnet, Carcass, and Merciful Fate. So I mean, outside of maybe Maiden and Kiss, Motley Crue, Def Leppard, outside of those four bands, everyone else is here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine the backstage? Everybody uh, mixing uh, backstage. This could be, uh, it could be quite interesting. <laughs> uh, that's crazy. The other yeah. thing is, which is interesting, is Gary Clark Jr., who's opening up for Guns N' Roses, is more of like a blues player. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've seen him actually play support in uh, Eric Clapton. So, so here we go. That that date is Guns N' Roses, Airborne, Miles Kennedy, who you have to think slashes oh, will play something with him. Yeah. Um, Gary Clark Jr., uh, Aaron Jones, Michael Monroe, and Dirty Honey. So, if you take any one of these, just stages alone. You you could uh, you you could you know build a festival just on that you know one mm-hmm. of these small smallish festivals well smallish anything with Guns and Roses or Metallica on it isn't exactly small but I, I'd worry going to this festival that I'm not going to eat anything because I, there's no way I'd be queuing up <laughs> I, I need to be watching so many <laughs> right this festival might actually be closer to you than it is to me because I was looking at it where it was in France. Yeah. And it's is, fairly is, close to England. Yeah, is it Cleeston? It's the place called yeah. Cleeston. I, yeah. I, I'm not sure where that is, though. I, I was going to look it up, but I, uh, I haven't yet. It's to the west of Rennes, I believe, and mm. like an hour and something south of Paris. So I'm sure you could just take the, right. yeah. the tube over, and, uh, mm. and it's probably not that far. And if not, I mean... Obviously, uh, Charles de Gaulle has a lot of connections with the uh, UK when it comes to flights. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm very tempted to go to this. Just simply, you have to be there because it's it's going to be the one that you'll always remember. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like um, I I mentioned. Um, I don't remember if I, yeah, I think I mentioned it to Mark, um, on his podcast, but we were looking at tickets, which Johan had mentioned, um, where, uh, bad religion and suicidal tendencies were playing. And, and I was like, cool. My kids have been jonesing to go see a show. I said, perfect. It's only about 40 minutes away. Mm. This would be the perfect intro for them to, uh, to a show because, um, I could see my oldest son uh, having no issue being at a full day at a festival, but my youngest son is a little bit crankier, so it may be a little bit more difficult. Um, so it would be kind of like the the test to see what what it would be like. And then I started adding up tickets, and then yeah. with the uh, with the COVID precautions that it already says right right at the bottom that. Um, uh, you have to take a PCR test before going and you have to show, you know, a vaccination passport and this, that, and the other thing. And I started adding fees up and it came out to like 400 euros. So it's, yeah, you know, yeah. I was I mean, like, this, this is going to be the same thing. If I go to France, but even next year, you know, we're going to have to take a PCR test and we're going to have to pay for right. it. Um and and that's that's not going to be a cheap gig either. I mean, you know yeah. that all those bands on, you're going to expect to pay a lot of money for it, right? Um, it's it's getting very pricey to go and see shows nowadays. I mean, I'm lucky really that Bloodstock Festival was only sixty nine pound for the day, which I thought was pretty good. That's value. not bad. Yeah, yeah, and there's a good bill on, you know, Judas Priest, uh, Diamond Head, Saxon, wow. uh, and and the others that I'll that I'll watch. So I thought that was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, this this is going to be this is going to be pricey. <clears throat> yeah. And of course, the exchange rate as well for 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 us is you know could be a, a problem as well. Is is that well? I mean, from pounds to euros, it's 
the exchange rate is usually okay, but I mean, well, yeah, well, you don't know what it's going to be. That's the other thing. Right. But the other thing is that you find that um, the eurozone is just pricey per se for for people from the UK, or it has been. So right. you know, if you if you go on holiday and you buy you buy a beer or you buy you buy a meal, um, you know, things are quite or coffee. You know, it's it's quite pricey. Um, right. And and that's always stopped me from going to Sweden to festivals as well because. Um, Sweden's even costlier than, than France or Germany. Right. Um, yeah, you know, Scandinavia's very pricey. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Um, that's uh, well. That was one of the selling points with uh, the Resurrection Festival here in Spain. Is that the um, the promoters were trying to say that the um, the weekend here. Um, the way that everything is structured and how it, uh, since it is in like a small fishing town it's a lot more reasonable in price than a lot of the other festivals. So that's part of the part of their, you know, way of selling it to people. So yeah. I've always found that that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we've got a, a local little festival, I think sort of, I, you, I sent you the link to it and you had a quick look at it uh, called Rockwich, which is on in, right. in Northwich, which is just my local town. And there's the 17 bands on all smallish bands um and it's uh 24 pounds and you can go and watch that all day but you can go the day before to watch the acoustic set as well right um and i think it's very cheap if you want to camp there but they'll, mm-hmm. they'll have no more than 100 people i mean it, this is a really small thing it's done for sure. mainly for charity Bands not making any money out of this um but they're, they're, they'll raise their profile a bit and, and sell maybe some cds um but you know that's that's a great little local local festival, and it's great to you know you could take your kids to that and and uh, get them into rock, which is uh, it's always a good thing. Right, absolutely. Yeah, the 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 camping situation is always uh, fun here. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I remember, I think the first Sonosphere we went to down in in Madrid. It was something like um, uh, 45 degrees Celsius at night. Uh, It was extremely hot. And I was, I mean, I don't sleep well to begin with. I was roasting in a tent. And I remember when we came in, um, I saw a hotel. And, um, well, first I I went went to the... um, to the trailer that had all the showers and it it looked like a, a scene out of apocalypse now where the water was all like knee height. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to step in that and I'm going to automatically come out with like seven different, you know, infections. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to forego this. <laughs> so I walk over to the hotel and the guy says to me, he goes, Poof, um, what are you looking for a room just for one person? Yeah. Um, well, I got to tell you, um, this room, the biggest issue is that the, the people that stay here always complain that the air conditioning is too cold. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's, it's going to be, I can give it to you. It's still going to be a little expensive. It's going to be about 85 euros. I'm like, that to me is cheap right now. I'm roasting. I want the AC. I want a, a nice clean bathroom and a shower and I'll be back at the festival the following day. And sure enough, I rested up 
and I got there in time to see Alice in Chains. So uh, it was it worked out wonderfully. It worked out, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have the opposite problem, of course. We have the rain and the cold. I mean, I've been a download once where I, I wasn't actually camping that day. But I can tell you this is in June, which is supposed to be the height of summer. And right. I had on a, a, a coat, a scarf, a hat, and gloves. <laughs> it was so cold. Um, yeah. You know, when, when the wind and rain blows in on that, uh, that field, uh, it's terrible. <laughs> I don't know how people camp there sometimes, you know, when the mud and, mm-hmm. and the, 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 their tents are just blown away. I mean, they, right. they've got nowhere to sleep. Yeah, that's that's terrible. I've, 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 I've had at a campsite had a, a tent blow away before, and it's not fun. <laughs> so I, I, I can't even imagine. You know, even after after a show, you're going back and you're tired, and you got to wrestle with the tent for uh, for for some time. Not 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 ideal. Yeah, our weather. I mean, since I am in in the north, it is um, it is similar to what it's like in the UK. Obviously, not as you know, it, it rains a lot, but not as yeah. much as you guys get. Um, so, I mean, I can I can sympathize with you. Um, uh, Johan was telling me before that they're in a heat wave up in Sweden, right. and right. and I was I responded like, "Well, it's raining here like usual." <laughs> <laughs> we, we've been fortunate, actually. We've had some good weather there over the last three or four weeks. In fact, today uh, it's cooled down a little bit, but it's been very nice. It's as you probably tell by my nose, it's all bright red, and um, <laughs> so I've caught the sun a little bit. But uh, yeah, it's been it's been nice. Yeah, we've had uh, thunderstorms for the since uh, Monday. We've we've had thunderstorms off and on. So, um, soon on uh, Patreon, we have to start to talk about um, our albums. Of the first half of the year, we're we're almost done with June, and we will officially be done with the first part of the year. Do you have any uh, early front runners for yeah. uh, a uh, favorite? Yeah, uh, the Witherfall album. Uh, okay, that I can't remember when that came out. Now it's quite a while back, isn't it? Um, is that January, February time? Yeah, it's somewhere around there. Yeah. yeah. Um, that to me was a, a really, really good album. And the more you listen to it as well, the more you get into it. Um, right. really like that one. Uh, I quite like the Evergrey album. In fact, I was playing it earlier this evening. Okay. Um, so that was good. Uh, I bought the Arion album. Um, I haven't played that as much yet. So I need to okay. listen to that a bit more. I really like the, um, the Alice Cooper album that came out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was good. Um, I know that's had a bit of a mixed reaction. Uh, I'm not a diehard Alice Cooper fan, as I have to say. You know, I've not, not mm-hmm. followed his career so much in the past, apart from his hits. But I liked it. I thought it was a it was a good mix of mix of songs. Um, just trying to think who else was released now. I have bought quite a few this year, um, but I, I'd go with those so far. Maybe you okay. can come in with a few. Remind me what's going on. Yeah. That well. Um, I, I did want to comment real quick about what you just said about Alice Cooper, where um, I think a lot of times if you're not a diehard of a band, a lot of time you're more susceptible to accepting certain albums. Yeah. Um, with Alice Cooper, I have I've had that same reaction where I like Alice Cooper, but I'm not a fanatic. And a lot of his albums, specifically his last few albums, I've enjoyed. I thought that they were 
solid albums where, you know, I know that a lot of the diehards kind of have crapped on them because they've wanted, you know, certain things out of him. But I think Alice has toyed around with so many styles of rock and metal that he's always got, again, he's always got a few decent songs off of each album, you know, mm. so that I'm, mm. I'm usually happy. I, I really like that Witherfall album. Um, so, I mean, if, if I had to choose anything right now, it would probably be that, um, yeah, my, uh, I think that's going to definitely be in my top three by the end of the year. I can't see anything pushing it out at the moment, but I'm really looking forward to the KK Downing album, which is coming out, the KK Priest, uh, album. Right. Um, because I've heard a couple of tracks so far. The second track was released, uh, this week and it was very painkiller. Uh, but it was good. It was good. It was what I wanted to hear, you know. Um, right. And I think that they're um, they're really pushing Judas Priest, uh, and you know they're really sort of saying this is this is how Priest should maybe sound. So I right. think there's going to be a nice bit of competition between the bands, and that's good. Well, um, I, I think if if you look at it, I really like Firepower. I think that is a really good album. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think with him coming out with. I mean, I've I've only heard the one song. I, I I have the second song put aside because I wanted to add it to uh, Patreon this weekend. Right. Um, yeah. I think because I pre-ordered the album, they sent me a link to it straight away. And oh, okay. Um, so I, I, yeah, I heard it this week. Yeah. So so that that's a great point. That's something that when Rob Halford came back to the band, I was pleased with what he was doing as Halford. You know, I I like mm. those two albums, and I like the 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 Jugulator album, but I really really like the Demolition album with Ripper. So mm. when he came back to the fold, I was expecting something different with Angel of Retribution. It's not that that album is bad, but I was expecting mm. a lot more from it. And to mm. me, what I was looking for, I finally got with Firepower. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Firepower is a fantastic album. Um, I like Angel of Retribution. I think that if you listen to it again since and listen to it with different ears, I I really like it. I really like it. And I do play it. Well, you know, not, I wouldn't say that often, maybe once every six months, once a year. Right. Um, but but when I play it, I, re- I really like it. But, but of course, they, they've released a couple of other albums that, that were terrible. Or, yeah, you know, not not up to scratch, I'd say, not not up to their usual standard, um, right? You know, and and the, the Nostradamus album. I mean, uh, you Terrible. know, uh, <laughs> it is. It's awful. It's awful. I mean, I don't even know why I've got it in my collection. I, I really should just just take it out. <laughs> yeah, it never happened. <laughs> I've I've never seen people run to the bathrooms or the concession stands faster at a show. Than Priest playing songs off of uh, Nostradamus because I saw them on the Nostradamus tour, and of course they opened with the song Nostradamus, so people didn't go anywhere. But once they said we're going to play another one off of our latest album, it was like shoo, people were just like running; they were sprinting to get out of there. <laughs> and then the following tour, the Epitaph tour, which is the one where I saw them with Saxon and Motorhead. As you know, they were they played the Sentinel, they played um, um, jeez, uh, what song did they play off a of point of entry because it wasn't head heading out to the highway, it may have been Solar Angels is the name of the song, maybe. Mm. 
Um, they played something off of Ram It Down as well. And then we're going to play Doom off of our last studio album, Nostradamus. It was as if the floor section just cleared out. It was ridiculous. I've never seen that before. I can't understand how a band could actually record something and not distance themselves from it and realize how bad it is. Um, I mean, maybe because they're so, they've obviously they've created they created mm-hmm. the song and they've recorded it and they've put a lot of effort into it, a lot of time and effort. Um, I even think I've read somewhere KK Downing actually thinks it's good. Um, and I, you know, I, I respect KK. I think he's a great, he's a great individual. And I met him and signed my, signed my jacket and we've had a little mini chat. But I can't understand why you would think that that is a, is, you know, anything that, that people would enjoy listening to. Um. I've 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 had run-ins with their management and with their PR, so I will tell you my <laughs> what I think off air. But uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's definitely there's when Halford came back into the band and he shifted away from who kind of guided him in a direction to get back to doing metal stuff, and not that I didn't like what he was doing before Halford. Because I do like songs off of the two album. I do like Fight. Um, but I do think, I mean, I love the song Judas is Rising. Yeah. Uh, but the song Revolution is a complete ripoff of a Jane's Addiction song. The bass part mm-hmm. is identical to Jane's Addiction's Mountain song. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like the main like riff going throughout the, the song. Um, I just felt that that album was okay. We need a song that sounds like it came off of British Steel, so let's write this one. I need we need one that sounds like it came off of Painkiller, so let's do this track. Right. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, you know, with with the uh, KK's Priest stuff, it seemed like right right out of the gates. Okay, we're going to focus on this. We're going to be heavy. We're going to be punishing, and we want to show, like you said before, we want to show people this is how it needs to be done. Yeah. Yeah. So, um I'm looking through my uh 2021 list here. Mm. I mean, I again, I really like that Witherfall album. Uh I really enjoyed the Gojira which recently came out. Um the End Machine had some decent songs on it. Yeah, I've actually bought that one. Yeah, I forgot about that one. I yeah. I listened to it last week. Uh yeah, good. Good. The um, I wouldn't say it's in my top five, but but I say it's it's, it's still it's solid. Yeah, top ten. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I know this is a little outside of the box, but we've talked about them before. Royal Blood. I really like the uh, the new album yeah. as well. Not exactly hard rock or metal. It's probably the most distant from a hard rock sound that maybe they had on that first album. But I think it's still yeah, it's a good worth album. a listen to. And, and of course, Sumo Psycho is the the other one. Um, I bought that one, and that that's uh, that's a great album. Yeah, I like that. I like the um, uh, the Tetrarch album as well. I thought that was pretty solid. Um, let's see, and there are a few others that I want to still check out that um, that we had talked about on Patreon. For example, the album by the group Vola, which the few songs that I posted sounded pretty cool. Mm. Um, I was listening to the Interloper album today as well. Yeah. And um, 
Yeah, and and the uh, the Danko Jones looks like the singles that I've heard sound really really good off of that so far. Yeah, it, yeah. The funny thing with Danko is I tend to really I either really love his stuff or it does nothing for me. There's like no in between. It's either all in or it does nothing. I mean, it's, it's he just does that to me. But the songs that I really love by him, I need to play constantly. Like they get in your head mm. and I just need to hear them all the time. So yeah, that new stuff does sound really good. Yeah. yeah. I, I would agree. Um, there's been an incredible amount of good music, I think, so far. And I, I, yes. probably because there's been the lockdowns and everybody's been at right. home and think, you know, uh, creating music, which has been, you know, is a good thing. <clears throat> yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, absolutely. And there are a few others in here that I really have to check out more. Um, I've been meaning to check out the Todd Latore album. I've only heard like two songs off of that. Yeah, I listened to it once, I think, and it's another one I should go back to again. Absolutely. Yeah. The Damon Johnson album as well is something that I want to check out, but that had kind of a, a weird like distribution because it was supposed to come out a month before it actually came out, and then it was distributed by him, so it was kind of weird. I mean, the whole... I've got a copy. I've got a copy you of do. that one, and uh, I play that one quite a bit. I've, I've totally forgotten that came out this year. I was thinking that was the tail end of last year. So yeah, that would be in my top three. Um, <laughs> it's it's a really good album, really solid album. Yeah, you know what it is? Is he released songs off of this, similar to the uh, the Dead Daisies, where there are a few songs that they released last year, but the right, yeah. full album came out this year. Yeah, yeah, that's it. In fact, it's not been released in the UK at all. I sort of clubbed in with a guy who I met on Twitter, and we said that we'd uh, buy it from the US and share the uh, the import costs. Oh, so okay. We both, we both got a CD, and of course, he signed it as well. And then uh, cool. we sort of mentioned it on Twitter, and he he sort of uh, Damon actually uh, intervened and said, "Oh, glad, no thanks, uh, glad you you know you're buying it." <laughs> Yeah, so I, yeah. I think we, we we might have the only two copies in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he seems to be a very, you know, very personable in the sense that if if you tag him in certain things, he does seem to uh, to reply. It was yeah. Uh, yeah. W- w- one of the things. One of my pet peeves is going out and doing what I think is a great interview. You know, um, tagging band members or, or whatnot, and then. Nothing happens. You know, there's someone that I interviewed a, a few months back where it was similar to that, where this person didn't share the interview. And then now they're sharing everything. It's like, wait a second. When I was, when I did my interview with you, which I thought was great, um, I heard nothing. So yeah. it's yeah, weird. It's annoying. Mm. Yeah. So um, anyway, uh, I do want to thank you for coming in and saving the uh the day tonight um it's kind of redundant saving the day tonight for saving the show coming on and and saving it um that's a pleasure yeah it's always fun to talk to you and i again i appreciate your support um not only on patreon but on all social media you're always tagging and resharing and always asking me about songs to pick for fridays and whatnot and and i appreciate all your support it is amazing that someone like yourself would take the time to uh 
to do that. So I, I greatly appreciate it. Well, you're welcome, Victor. And, uh, you know, I really like what you do. Um, you, you are the metal professor, as I've mentioned many times on Twitter, <laughs> because, I, you know, I like your knowledge and, uh, you know, I appreciate you, um, all the, the, you know, the contributions that you do. So it's great. And that's why I'm a Patreon member, you know, and I hope we get some more people who, uh, who join us because uh, we have great, great sort of chats and uh, comments about, you know, all the music. It's great. Yeah, it, it is awesome. Again, I always say we've got a small but great group. We've got we're up to nine people now. Yeah, um, we've got, you know, a, a solid block out of that that contributes to to the comments and to the videos. And that is awesome. So uh, if anyone wants to jump on board, it is uh, two dollars a month and you get a bonus podcast and you get a ton of video content and you get all types of questions and album of the week um, uh, unboxing as well. And, uh, and I'm working to up my game with that. I, I've been talking to uh, Chris Vaglio, who is actually a patron as well. Um, he used to have his own um, uh, video production company. So I've been brainstorming with him as to how to uh, kind of spruce up what I'm doing with that. So I've got a few things in mind for July, which I hope will, uh, will come to fruition. It's all a matter of time. Okay. <laughs> If if I have enough time, I've I've got some pretty cool things uh, planned out for it. So, yeah. oh, sounds exciting. Yeah, yeah, good. So that's awesome. We're gonna wrap the show up here, folks. Thanks for uh, for everyone that was in the chat tonight. Rob Rowe, uh, Gabriel, Jose, who I saw checked in for a moment there. Johan up in Sweden um, as well. Uh, if I missed anybody, I apologize. I also want to thank again the patrons. Um, those that are usually here that, uh, for whatever reason are not here, you know, people, people have lives folks. So I do when people are here and actually are able to chat and, and come on board, I do appreciate it. And if you didn't get to watch us live, thank you for watching the, uh, replay. And, uh, with that folks, we will end it here. See you next week, right here on the signals from Mars live stream. for listening to the Mars Attacks podcast. This concludes our show. 